911, what's your emergency? Señora, ¿me está diciendo que hay un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después... ¡Ay, Dios mío, qué horror! No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitsa. Introducing the S&D Podcast Channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at S&D Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for a podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. Episode 159 of the SND Podcast Show. This week is our Support the Troops show because by the time you listen to this, it will be Veterans Day or after Veterans Day, one or the other, depending on when you listen to our show. Or it could be a month away from now. It will at least be Veterans Day. For the most part, it's Veterans Day. When the Russian mafia listens. Right. Yeah, it'll be Veterans Day. Right. Okay. So, anywho. Um,. Got a big show this week. We're going to have Ben on with us, a person that I know for a long time, and Dan and Vin know from our Fantasy Football League. is a big Indians fan. We know it's a week uh, week out already, but he's going to recap how sad he is. We figured maybe he got his emotions in check by now. He's also a big Cowboy fan, so we'll talk a little uh, Cowboys with him also when he's on with us. But first and foremost, Dan, I know you got some good news to give everybody. Well, yeah, pretty much good news um, for the most part. I got most of my tests back. I have to go through one more test, but as of right now, flying colors passing. So that's the first time in a long time I've passed uh, tests as a joke. That I'm, uh, but uh, all kidding I like aside, the for that. <laughs> all kidding aside, uh, thank you for everybody's support. Uh, thank you for Andy for tweeting out. Um, a lot of people liked it, so that was really cool. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for the support. Uh, one more test, and we should be good to go. Uh, Steve, what's uh, tonight's uh, leadoff? Well, tonight's leadoff? You want to get into that now? Are you ready, Ben? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Leading off. This week's leadoff uh, I came up with is uh, Hall of Fame criteria. I had a couple talks with some people recently. Man, how the NFL kind of just kind of puts you in the Hall of Fame at this point, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, you got the writers who, you know, they say in baseball, it's uh, 500 homers is a guarantee in, 250 wins is a guarantee in for a pitcher, you know, things like that, you know, 150 saves is usually guaranteed in. Um, so I kind of wanted to see, talk to you guys about, should there be basically set criterias for guys? You know, it's tough to say, you know, offensive linemen, how do you 
judge them? How do you judge a kicker? How do you judge punters in the NFL? You know, how do you judge NBA players? How do you judge NHL players? So, Dan, I'm actually going to start with you with this question is, should it be a, a, a length thing? Should it be like a longevity thing? Like how long you're in the league? Well, this is the double-edged sword of that. Obviously, wouldn't you expect someone who's been in the league for, for example, 15 years, when the league average is two to three years max in a given sport like football? Um, of course, of course, those guys are going to have numbers that are inflated, especially quarterbacks and wide receivers these days. It's going to be really tough to tell in a couple of years or at least 10 years when all these wide receivers who are slowly going to retire have astronomical numbers, but were they really Hall of Fame numbers? You know what I'm saying? Um, just like random guys getting over 1,000 yards a bunch of years, and you're like, all right, he had a good year. Is he a Hall of Famer? We've seen multiple Hall of Famers throughout our lifetime. Um, it's, it's such a double-edged sword. It, it really... It's, it's, I think that's like starting to get like a nitpicking kind of thing, but... There has to be some sort of say. Um, I hate how Baseball Hall of Fame has the the baseball writers are so uptight with every little thing, and they're they're like for example, Mike Piazza. There he never failed a drug test. The names were his name was never linked to any sort of thing of steroids, but it took him three years to get into the Hall of Fame. Can anybody explain why? Is just because baseball writers decided not to vote for him in. And um, that one still gets me all the time, which I, a lot of players, just just because they have some sort of inkling of steroids in baseball, that the writers will not give them a time of day. And I think with baseball, it's they should have an era of modern-day era. I know we're not talking about steroids, but it should be some sort of modern-day wing saying yeah they took steroids but they should be in the hall of fame for example a rod for example barry bonds for example uh roger clemens those three got three or four guys should be in the hall of fame regardless because before they took steroids they were hall of famers to um but i don't know i'm not really answering the question because this is a really tough one i i i think it shouldn't be held against them for playing longevity that means they were healthy and fortunate enough to play their sports and be able to be in the same breath as other fellow Hall of Famers. So I, I guess that's where I stand on that. Okay, so Vin, let me ask you, should it be, you know, should quarterbacks have certain numbers they have to hit? Should, you know, running backs have certain numbers they have to hit? Should baseball uh, fielders and outfielders have certain numbers that they should pitchers and catch? You know, should they have should players have certain numbers to hit to reach the Hall of Fame? Like, if you hit like a certain number, like they say in baseball, we're talking right before we came on air. Five hundred homers is guaranteed in for a fielder. Uh, two hundred wins is two fifty. Two hundred fifty wins is guaranteed in for a pitcher. Should there be set numbers? Should they just make it that way? Like, hey, you hit these numbers, event you're gonna be in this Hall of Fame eventually. I wouldn't say, you know, you hit those numbers and it's automatically in. Because there is part of the, the baseball Hall of Fame. I'm with Dan the the steroid thing. To me, you you put up like a 
no matter who it is, even if they never got suspected of steroids, Piazza, Jeter, doesn't matter, put it on their plaque, they played during the steroid era, and that's it. And then, then just vote on who played the best during that era. Now, with football, it's a different story because longevity is, is a, a big factor for, like, 90% of the positions. Outside of quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, you can't get a concrete stat for for really most of the positions. Right, you can get a, a concrete position thing for tackles, but they didn't make tackles an official stat till like, 2005. They didn't make stacks and sacks an official stat until, like, 1985. So it's tough to... Pinpoint a certain number and say, if you get this many sacks, you're in. You get this many tackles, you're in. You get that pass from that many yards, you're in. It's, I, I don't, there hasn't been an issue. I mean, there hasn't been anybody elected into the Football Hall of Fame that I've said, why are they in? But what I think might start becoming an issue with all this, um, you know, concussions and all the people retiring early, like, just recently, Megatron. Is Megatron a Hall of Famer? Of course. I'm going to say yes. I would say yes, but he's, you know, if he would have played just another three years, he might have broken all the records. He might have been considered the greatest receiver of all time. Will they hold it against him because he retired early? I don't know. Um, so to answer your question, no, I don't think there should be set numbers to reach, but there's a lot of... Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of gray area. Okay, so then let's talk about this one a little bit. Should you take out that saying, first ballot Hall of Famer? Because think about it, you know, Woodson announced his retirement last year, Peyton Manning announced his retirement. They said, all right, first ballot, they're Hall of Famers, you know? you got guys who are on the NFL ballot for six years that don't make it till you know, they run out of first ballot, quote-unquote, guys that make it. you got guys on the baseball list that's been there for 15 years. That haven't been in yet. Gil Hodges, one of the greatest managers of all time, is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, should that first ballot Hall of Fame thing be taken off? I mean, uh, to me, it doesn't matter. But it's always there's always going to be another a special honor of being inducted as soon as you're um, available, as soon as you're eligible. Yeah, I think they should keep it. It's it's such a rare honor, especially how tight lidded uh baseball is um as for football yeah they should keep it it, it really isn't that big of a deal because everybody knows who the hall of famers are and who who should be in the hall of fame and who should not shouldn't be at the end of the day if you get that ultimate honor it, 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 you're a few and far between unfortunately so for example we obviously know jeter or some weird people are not going to vote for Derek jeter or mariano rivera it's just those laughable things, you know. But that's I was just gonna bring that up. The baseball to me, the baseball writers have one chance to save themselves. If Derek Jeter doesn't get a hundred percent of the vote, that's it. We're changing the system. I'm sorry. Uh, well, Mario Rivera too, the greatest closer I, of I, all time. I give greatest. Him a, I give him a little more wiggle room with that because he's a closer, and a lot of guys are uh, for closers and saves, and I get it. No, but that that that's so anal, though. Come on, it is. He, like that's like then don't then don't make it a stat. Then then don't make it a stat. 
that's the same thing with DHs like the other day. That's not his fault that he that he mastered this position. Like we brought up a couple of weeks ago with the whole DH thing with Big Poppy and David um Edgar Martinez and so on. Like that see this is like the slippery slope with that. Like it it's so it's such a weird thing in a couple of years when Mariano Mariano and Jeter are gonna be in the Hall of Fame talks. Thank God it's a year apart because imagine if neither of them made it their first year together. Well, but who, who retired first? Mariano. Mariano. Right. So I'm willing to give them until Jeter. That's but to me that's the last straw. If he's not 100, percent there's it's lost, and they need to change the system. Then what about Griffey? I, Griffey was the first straw. Okay, fair enough. Because. Okay. I was just making. I was just making. I was just uh, getting some clarification. Yeah, right from, from from our from our generation, the the only guys that had no steroid, you know, issues, and were 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 all time players are really Griffey and Jeter. Yeah, that's definitely. the main two guys. So if one of them doesn't get a hundred percent, I don't know what to tell you. We got something's got to change. I agree. You know the NHL. Has it, I think, the best way. Guys retire. The guys who earn it go to the Hall of Fame. You know, the names you hear about every day, the guys that are in all the commercials to promote the sport, the guys that the league offices want face out there at all times. You know, Gretzky was in there automatically. Mario was in there automatically. Chris Chelios was in the league forever, but he was one of the best players in the league. Nicholas Lundstrom forever was there, you know? So the NHL puts the right guys in, the deserving guys, you know, the guys that everybody around the league, you know, the people that, you know, fans paid money to go see, you know, when the Islanders were bad, there were always times you would go to games where, you know, oh, look, this team has this guy, this guy, and this guy, let me go watch them play. You know, I remember growing up, my dad and I had the Islander tickets. We would get there early for whenever the Islanders would play Pittsburgh. Where were we standing during warm-ups? Pittsburgh side of the ice, watching Mario and Yager skating around. You know, Dan, you and I did it a couple of times with Brodor. You know? Oh, don't get me started with well, us with Brodor. We all, it would always be a one nothing loss or two one loss or right. But you, but we would go early and watch him during warmups. We wouldn't watch the Islanders. Yeah. We'd watch him. Yeah. No, yeah. you're you're hundred percent right. And it and the first goal the Devils would score. Like, all right, time to go home. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the other thing. I think hockey and football do better. Is I don't know why we have to know what the percentage of the vote is in baseball. I, yeah, I there, there's no need for that. And it doesn't. Right. It doesn't mean we don't. They don't have it in football because there is no vote. It's a committee. You know, certain. I think within football, I don't know how to do it in hockey, but I know in football, guys present players to the committee from wherever area you're from. You present a player to the committee, and then the committee votes. It's and it's yes or no. It's pretty simple. So, do you think? Baseball, Dan, we're going to start with you with this one before we finish this. Do you think baseball should change its ways? And, you know, let's set a limit of players. Let's have, you know, four or five guys in the Hall of Fame every year. You know, like like football always has five, six guys. Hockey always has four or five guys. Uh, basketball, four or five guys. Do you want to see baseball go to that type of way, you know, instead of this one or two guys every year? Um. So, all right, this is where the slippery slope is. Um, should they have a set limit? No. Um, 
because every year is different. Every every year is different. Um, let's say there wasn't a class that the first class eligible or a year before, so on and so forth. They're not really deserving to make the Hall of Fame. Now you're just going to give a, a random guy that's pedestrian. Well, not pedestrian, but borderline pedestrian slash Hall of Famer into the Hall of Fame than that that given year. So um, I think I think it shouldn't be a number limit, but you got to do it right. If you know, it's pretty much the eye test. If you watched a couple of players play and you and you watched them and you looked at their stats and you, you remember them for being who they were as a Hall of Famer and you gauge it from that point of view of that era and then other eras, if you want to be that crazy about it, sure. But I th- I, there shouldn't be a limit because every year is different. Ben? No, I don't think there should be a limit because then, like Dan said, you'd be getting guys in who really don't deserve it. It kind of diminishes the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the honor. Honor, yeah. It diminishes the honor and the and of the of the Hall of Fame. But there's guys who are borderline because there would be guys like who are borderline guys from like from our generation end up getting in like, you know, Wade Boggs. Messina, Schilling, guys like that. Like, I don't. I hate your in the place, but oh, I, off the right. I and I think I, you you diminish it. Like like I said before, you diminish going into the Hall of Fame in general. All right. So with that being said, this Hall of Fame thing it needs to be fixed in baseball. In my opinion, you know, how they vote for players, how they do it. Hockey, football should be the template. You know, you could figure out a template based on them. You know, nobody knows how, like you said, but you don't know how many people voted for, you know, let's say Chris Chelios who went in a couple of years ago or or um, Brett Favre, how many people picked right. him. You know, you just know people picked them. Um so, with that being said, this is our support the troops, so this is our thank you to veterans, but before we take a break, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is our social media, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, make sure to rate and review us on all websites, uh, Facebook, I noticed, just got a rate and review section on the like page, um, iTunes, search for us, there's a review page, click on that and click write a review. Google Play Store has one as well. I know SoundCloud's got a like and a review page also. So with that being said, SD Podcast Channel's thing to search for. We'll be right back. Of the SD podcast show. That was. I don't know. Something American. We're playing all American songs today for our tribute to the 
service. Can I just state for the record, we break up the, the when we're recording, we don't record it with the songs in between. Right, so, so, you know, we just kind of throw the songs in later on, usually when we're... Sure, what song? Right, we'll pick an, uh, uh, something patriotic to put in between segments for each segment. You know, we just knew what the intro song was. But the rest of the show, we'll just have random patriotic way to, songs. Way to tell them how the sausage is made, guys. Right. Jeez. You get a little behind-the-scenes <laughs> look. And speaking when of... When they will do it in, my, in the crib. Somewhere. We'll do my cribs, and we'll do a, a podcast crib show. That'll you know. take 30 seconds. Anyway. <laughs> Ben's with us. Is Ben, ben still here? I don't know. Ben might have given up on the conversation, but Ben's here. What's up, Ben? Don't worry. I am still here, guys. And he didn't hang himself on the right side. He didn't hang no, I, I'm still here, ready to go and talk a, about a, my sadness. A week later and he hasn't hung himself. Congratulations. I was thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And the first thing I have to say is the bar you decide to go to is Jerks for playing the Go Cubs Go song as soon as they won. Yeah, all, all the the diehard Cub fans, my my butt. Yeah, big I, Cub fans, everybody. <laughs> Me too. I I'm the guy who actually got the the thing tattooed on his head. Great. <laughs> I did want to say, I didn't know what jersey you were wearing, but Stephen told me you were wearing a Jim Tomey jersey, and that is fantastic. And I like to give you credit. I was. I was wearing his. Was it the the All Star game that he went to in like the nineties? I think it was ninety five All Star game jersey. That is pretty sweet. Anyway. All of us have now experienced the World Series loss, Ben. We've done uh, too many times. Are you recovered? Are you okay? Um, I would definitely say I had a World Series like hangover for at least a couple days. It was probably one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever experienced. <laughs> okay, Ben, before we move forward, why don't you tell everybody how you became an Indians fan? You know, for the people who don't how know. I, how I became an Indians fan? Well, it was when I was Besides a young lad. Ha! Ha! Um, so, right. when I was younger, I was I played baseball, and Jim Tomey was my favorite player. So that got me interested. But actually, the Major League movies were the ones that hooked me into being Indians fan. Fair enough. And then uh, I just... People can call me a frontrunner when I was seven for like the mid-90s Indians teams, like Lofton, Bell, Ramirez, and all of them. But, come on, I'm seven. What more do I know? Right. Oh, again, dropped on your head. You know what? Yes, honey. Enough. What flavor paint chip did they give you? That's a, that's my question. Uh, it was, they were blue at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so Major League Movies, that's a good reason. Um, yeah. Do we want to move forward? Yeah, we want to move forward. <laughs> Let's move forward to your other favorite team. Oh, we're already skipping the Indians. Yeah. I don't even pass how he became Whoa, an Indian. He, already, he just he was devastated. Did we have to make him? Well, forward? let me ask you this: How are you feeling about the future now? Seeing how far uh, the team went, I do feel good. There is always I could use the excuse: Oh, you know, we lost our starting pitchers. We lost Carrasco. We lost Salazar. So we had to use a four and five starter as our two and three, which they held up great in the first two rounds. But when you face a team into the game six, game seven. Even game five, they're going to know you. Bauer was off after he got injured. Tomlin was okay. But then also, you can even look at game seven. Kluber never gives up three solo shots. Miller finally looks human. But it's after a team has seen him so many times, they're going to connect. And also with uh, Kluber, he, what, had uh, 15 strikeouts or something? And 
an under one ERA so far in, in two games in the World Yeah, Series. going into it. And you know what? You're pitching him on back-to-back three days rest. That was the, There's only so much one human can do. Right. That was yeah. a trademark of that Cub team, too. When they started facing a pitcher multiple times, they got to him eventually. Same thing happened oh, with yeah. Well, and you know what? I hats off to those Cubs hitters. They are relentless. They have such a good core that they're going to look they're going to be even better in the years to come. Which is scary. Yeah, and you know what? But as for the Indians going forward, I feel fully confident. We got a great core in the middle of the infield with Kipnis and Lindor. I think Lindor just won the gold glove the other day, if I'm correct. I believe so. Um, and you know what? We got a good young team. If But of course, it all comes down to injuries and staying healthy, which this year we relatively were. But when you lose two pitchers in the middle of September, that's going to bite you. Right, it was one of those late in the season type of things, you know. Earlier in the year, they come back. Later in the year, you're feeling confident. But That's what it is, and and you know what, it is what it is. Like you know, no one expects to in the middle of September you break one of your pitcher's hands and then Salazar strains his forearm. Like he pitched in the bullpen, I would have thought they would have threw him in for like game six, and to start just to throw the Cubs off completely, because well, you're going from Tomlin. Tomlin and Bauer got us there. Right. You had the guys who got you there. And also on top of that, you know, you can't just throw the guy in there. You know, you throw him in there, you can mess him up. And then you're thinking of all yeah, the you know, year and the year. There's game. so many different factors, but that game seven was a, a roller coaster with going from five to one to in the bottom of the eighth, Raj, Rajay Davis out of all people tying it up and, then you know what it's I, you couldn't have asked for a better series in a World Series. Oh yeah, that was insane. I I, I was driving home from work at the time, and I, like I said, I was at work, so I hadn't watched the game. But I know the sack flyer in the game, he didn't get a great like jump on the throw. And yep, then he he, uh, he delayed for a second. He pumped and then he threw it. Right, and then he misplayed the next ball into a double. He had just been reinserted in the lineup. So now I'm looking at my phone. I'm going, oh, this guy's going to get a home run. And then, well, lo and behold, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Justin Verlander called yeah. it, too. Lefty, lefty. Yeah, I remember that. He said, right-hander on the mound, fastball pitcher. I've seen this before because he's given up homers to Roger Davis on fastball. Yep. What I do want to say is are you really sure you want to keep that shortstop? Because we could trade you somebody that would be very uh, <laughs> We have a better future, um, so it's okay. You, you know what? I'm pr- I am like, think yeah. I'm pretty content on keeping Lindor. He was, like, I think He's second in Rookie of the Year last year, Gold Glover this year. The kid is going to be a bona fide all-star for years to come. He's phenomenal. Like yeah. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Yeah, and you know what? He's he's like a little kid when he's on the field. He has fun. He's not like that serious type. Like with him and um, who's who's his best friend on the Cubs? Was it Baez? Baez, yeah, they grew up. They went. To they the, were joking around the whole series. Like when one tried to steal, like all of a sudden he was like pulling his hair and hitting his helmet off. Like he's a kid. He's like the biggest kid like on the field. But that's what you need. You need to have fun while you play. Like Baez is the same way on the Cubs, and but Frankie, like he's. Him and Kimness are like my two favorite players on that team. Right, and like you said, you got the future now. You got a man. It's not like you don't have a manager there for the next five, seven yep. years. You know, you're building in the right direction. You know, add a couple pieces. You know, you'll probably lose a couple pieces, but you know, you have the core to build around a young core. To That's build what around. it is. I think we have what we want now. It's just progressing. You know, I think we need 
maybe one more bat because Napoli maybe only has a year or two left with us if he re-signs. Uh, Santana's hit or miss with his power, so I think we need another bona fide bat. Naquin in the outfield looked good in the beginning, but he fell off completely in the second half. He's still for rookie of the year, though, which I'm happy about. Uh, it was tough. I know one of, was a guy because I had him on my fantasy baseball team last year. What happened to Michael Brantley? Is he ever going to come back? Like ever? He um yeah he played the eleven games, felt some strain in that shoulder again. So they're hoping that since he was basically out all this year, he can come back next year fully healthy. I mean that should be a big boost to the to the outfield. And the yeah line. no exactly you you know you bring him in and then. You have him, Naquin, you have Chisenhall out there. All those guys have potential even more to be even greater if you put Brantley in there. Because that's another bat that pitchers have to worry about. Like, when you went to the bottom of our lineup, were you actually afraid, like, when you get past Jose Ramirez, who is freaking crazy this year? It's, it's another bat that you have to worry about. It's just like the Cubs. One through nine hitters, you were afraid. Right. Right. The Indians, anyway. you get one through six, and then the last three guys, you're like, all right, you can get through this. All right. The Indians are going to be good for years to come. There's another There's another team that you root for that is and 7-1 right now. And if, uh, you, if anybody said that at the start of the season when Tony Romo got hurt, we all would have laughed at you. Uh, well, we did yep. laugh at you. Uh, but... <laughs> But with that, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and the uh, the offensive line and the defense miraculously playing decently, uh, what do you think going into this weekend playing Pittsburgh, who's actually really due to have one of their monster games? Are you, are you nervous playing Pittsburgh this week? Yeah, this week I am a little nervous because, uh, you know, Prescott has looked human the last couple weeks. I think the Eagles exposed him a little more, but then – comes back in the fourth quarter in overtime and wins it. Looks phenomenal. The Browns, that's a, like a warm-up game, I guess, just to play and get loose. But then this week, the Steelers, you know, it's, our defense is what I'm concerned about because they have that deep ball threat. But with Claiborne out, with uh, Skandrick still on and off, we have a couple guys injured our line. It's going to come down to actually Prescott managing the ball like Romo can. Um, if we can continue drives, if we can keep going, it's Zeke is a monster. You know, feed him the ball, literally, just give it to him. You, you mentioned, Prescott just has to be smart. You mentioned the fact that he's kind of a human the past couple of weeks, and this week was the first week that they said that Tony is cleared. So, you know, right now the rumor is that he may not dress this week, Tony, but, you know, he's going to start dressing eventually for these games as a backup. How much leeway, you know, yeah. if he has a bad week this week, he'll definitely be, Romo will definitely be the backup next week. How much of a leeway do you think he really has, Prescott, to actually? Uh, I think my early determination was going to say the Green Bay game was really going to decide his future for this season. But, you know, he got through that with flying colors. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, but then I think this week, if he does look like how he did in Philly, and say if they do lose, I think Romo does come in. But if he looks like Super Dak, how he has been, I think you have to stick with the hot hand, even though I'm going against what I said, that it's so much easier to put in Romo now instead of Romo later with him sitting on the bench. Right. Um, so I think the leash is very small right now with Dak. This game is going to determine what goes on. 
you know, you mentioned the Eagle game. I mean, that one doesn't really count because, you know, they had that great defensive play of leaving Jason Wynn wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> exactly I, how they drew it up. I kind of always <laughs> felt this the same way like you kind of said. Like, once Romo is healthy and you don't start him, you've kind of made that move and, and, and you can't – it's harder to go back. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's similar to like the Brady blood. So it's do you stick with the hot hand? Is Dak really that ready? If but now it like the halfway point is when they say they hit the rookie wall. Zeke looks Zeke looks nothing like a rookie. He's grown so much in the first few weeks up until now. Like the only game he's looked human was against the Giants in week one when he was a pure rookie. Right, and you know, but, he, that was how he was in college too, you know. He wasn't like this out of high school stud. He was, he he was highly talented, but you know, he had to work his. You way have to up. learn. It's it's a brand new thing. Right, and you know what? He was a fourth. What was I think it was fourth round pick. I think he was. He. Fourth. Round uh yeah, he, Dak. Dak was a fourth rounder. So you know, it's not like this guy was that first guy pick. It's similar, like you mentioned, the Brady Bledsoe thing. You know, Bledsoe finally got healthy for the AFC Championship game that year, and they started. Bledsoe. You know, they made the yep. decision we're going back no, to No, they didn't start him. He got uh, Tom got hurt. Yeah, Brady was hurt for that game. Right, but Brady came in at halftime. Brady didn't work all week. Bledsoe started the game. Brady had to come in at the half to lead them to the victory. Blade no, I, I thought no, I thought he got concussed during the game and then I, No, I was out. watching something recently on oh, okay. okay. Um I take your word for it. And you know, it's one of those things like they gave Bledsoe, that huge contract right before that season. Right. So you had to go to him because, you know, he you told him. He's You're paying guy. him all that money. Right. You he's, you said, hey, he's he's the guy. Here's his job. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting situation because Dak has been one of the most. It, you know what? It's a different style of offense when Dak comes in. Dak can extend the play. Romo, before his 19 back injuries, could roll out. He could do that thing. But if he takes another hit and he goes down, he's done. That's now that's with, with him. It, he's he's a he's a man made of glass now. It's what three back surgeries, two shoulder surgeries. Teams are going to be aiming for that area, and he can't do this typical Romo spin that he can get out of. Because if he turns and then gets wailed, and then loses the game for us, that's important. It's every everyone's going to be like, "Why did you do that?" Dak knows how to extend the play. He can move. He can use his feet. That's why, as much as I love Tony, I think you got to hold it, Dak. What I did want to ask before we got into this, but kind of got away from us. How did you become a Cowboy fan? So you root for two. Teams my dad. My dad was. There is a story behind that. My dad was a Cowboys fan, and so I followed his footsteps. But he became one because he was a track coach in high school, and one of his favorite runners that he followed actually became a running back for the Cowboys. Don't know the name offhand, but that's the whole story. Okay. So, yeah, I I followed in the the family footsteps for that one. Oh, those stupid family footsteps. See, my dad's a Cowboy fan, too, but I didn't follow in his footsteps. (laughs) Your dad's a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's that. You know what, it's... It should be an interesting second half. I think we still have division games against the Giants, uh, one against the Eagles, and I think two against the Redskins. I don't know if we played them yet. 
Right, like we still have, but, I think we still have three full division games left. Uh, only one of them at home. Yeah. So, it's uh, okay. The Giants, and it's the whole month of December. So it's basically, I think we play you, and then it's it's Detroit, and then we're on the road for the last two weeks, and I think it's Philly, then Washington, if I remember yep, correctly. Yep, you're right. And, that's gonna and you know what, for all we, you know, if Cowboys lose this week and the rest of the NFC wins, I think everyone's within one game of each other. I think well, the Giants right now are, are within a game because of the fact that they have that one win against. Yeah. So I think that, the Eagles. Is, you know what? This game is going to determine a lot for the rest of the season. But I think Dak has the poise. I don't know how the Steelers' defense has been. Can anybody give me insight on that? Uh, hit or miss. They're, they're about they're about average. Yeah, they're hit or miss. Some but you know what? It, that's also the same thing with the Cowboys' defense has been. They're bending, but they don't break. That's their motto this year. But Byron Jones has been huge. The defensive line has been stepping up. It's we're gonna need that big play again. We're gonna need that sack. We're gonna need that fumble. And then Sean Lee, my freaking idol on defense. If he can get the team going, they will be set. The fact that he's made it this far in the season is pretty miracle. Can you stop that? <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of people who always get hurt. Um, it has nothing to do with it. When do all the suspended guys come back? <laughs> uh, let's see. I think, uh, somebody comes back. There's like so many of them. I'm getting them confused now. I think Gregory comes back 14. Week 14. McLean? McLean could be done for the season. I think they might just bench him. And there was one other guy who comes back at 10. Why am I blanking out right now? I think that was Gregory. I think Gregory got the 10. Was it was Gregory 10? Because I think they actually reduced him and McLean was more. No, it was McLean that had 10. Uh it was like a, it was I think it was like two tens and a fourteen. Either way, but you know what you bring back Gregory, he's healthy to come on the line. Everyone starts you know, we just got Demarcus Lawrence back. He's been helping out a lot. So right. we're getting our pieces back, and I think Claiborne actually had a setback. He thinks it's going to be longer than four to six weeks till he returns. And who else just went down with a broken arm? Uh, was it Church? I think it was Church who went down with a broken arm. He's four to six weeks. So yeah, you got you got guys that are hurt. beat up. Yeah, you're a beat up team, and you know what that is. But that that's the sport we they play. You know, it's a football that's what it is. Yeah, you know what you're gonna get injured. You, you. This is why you have fifty-three guys dressed every week because you know. Yep. Because there's always the next man up. Those those twenty-two players are. Someone's going to get hurt every week. Yeah. So you know what? I think this game can determine a lot for our season. I know it's still very early. Still, have a lot of games left. But with everything being so close and Dak, Romo, and then we have good old Sanchez on the bench. Well, he's the key factor to the rest of the season, of course. You know what he's uh, so from what I've heard he's been such a great coach to Dak and then Romo's been helping out. Romo said there's no bad blood, but he's just saying that for the media. But I think Dak has the right weapons around him. And here's another thing: you switch out quarterbacks, timing is going to be off, chemistry is going to be off. Everyone is rallying around Dak because of how they're playing and how good he is. Oh, you want to ruin that chemistry? Say if you are. Seven and two. Do you want to ruin that chemistry because of one loss? 
All I know is Tony Romo wearing jet green next year is going to be really nice. <laughs> but that's just my. Hey, opinion. you know what? If we, Clinton, you know what? Let's have a him for Sheldon Richardson. There you go. That's what I said. But every Jet fan, when I said that, every Jet fan I said said I responded to me get, said get the fuck out of here. So I don't know. The Jets <laughs> yeah. have twelve guys on the age of twenty five to play quarterback. It's okay. They have twelve <laughs> guys on the practice squad that have yet to play. Yeah, they're a different story, but I think I was really thinking that Romo was going to retire after this back injury. That's how bad it was because the man could be paralyzed if he gets hit one more time like that. See, there's yeah. a part of me that thinks Dax brings, you know, let's just say, knock on wood, the Dax brings the Cowboys to the Super Bowl and wins it. Romo got a ring, call it a day. Yeah, uh, exactly. If, if that was the case, he gets his ring, he retires. Now, do you ever put Romo in the Hall of Fame? No. See, this is a, this is funny. This is I where we had our earlier. This is where we had our earlier discussion. Uh, yes. Steve and uh, Vin. Yeah, this is what we talked about in the leadoff this week. I, from the eye test, I say yes. From the eye test. Eye test and stats. Obviously, not big games. Obviously. But I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's one of the best Cowboy quarterbacks of all time, but not one of the best NFL quarterbacks of all time. Here's my argument to that. Look at what he's had around him. Nothing. You can't ask a guy to throw 50 times a game down by 30 every game and expect to win every one. Okay, but you know what? The, the Hall of Fame quarterbacks will win those games. That is my argument there. Hall of Fame quarterbacks yeah. win those games. So yeah. you, it's, you know what? Hall of my, whole, my quarterback has two rings. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that defense won those Super Bowls. Right. I agree with you 100%. But, but when they, also, who, when they who, had nothing around them, they went 6-10. and 10. But who went down the Who goes down the field with less than two minutes to... Oh, he does, that? but he's not playing from down by 30. Okay, but Romo's still. had one of the worst defenses helping him and no weapons be until Dez came in in, what, 2012? So he had, no, he had no, no, time out, time out, time out. They had T.O. They had T.O. They they've had pieces. Pieces, but not what compared to finally what they gave him in his later age. Right. He hasn't had an average team around him until, like, 2013. It's and that's, I'm giving him average. He's, um, and I'm not going to blame him for not winning those divisions. You know, they should have ran away with the division how many times out of those years where they didn't. I think it was like three years in a row they went 8-8 eight and eight and had a chance in that final week. Yep, it was the Cowboys Sunday night. You know what, it, it all coulda, shoulda, woulda. To me, his stats and records speak for himself. He does have, what, the most fourth-quarter comebacks in the last five years? Yes. And people forget that. People like to joke around with everything. People only look at, like, oh, the botched snap, which ugh, makes me nauseous to this day thinking of that. If the look, um, on, the untimely name. picks. It's, you know what, I think his stats and records speak differently. I'm looking at it all time right now, fourth, fourth quarter comebacks. Tony Romo is tied for 14th with 25. Eli has 29. So, and that's all time. That's, you know, he's above guys. Well, let's, let's look at the rest of those. He's above Jim Kelly. He's above 
Joe Theismann. He's above Bart Starr. He's above, you know, Terry Bradshaw. He's some of the all-time greats. Now, obviously, like yeah. you said, it's because they've been a worse, you know, he hasn't had much around him, so they've been trailing a lot, and he's had to come back. Yep. But it's, he's, you know, I think those... Like it's said, one of those, it's really on the fence. Could he go in? Could he not go in? He's had uh, I really think that this year, if he was healthy and could have played, this could have been a real opportunity for him. Right. I don't think they would have been any worse with him as a starting quarterback right now. No. You know, with the defense, the way that they've been playing, say 6-2, and two, I think he could have had the same record as Dak. Because Dak, like I said, can extend the play, so it's a little more of an opportunity with him. But I think Romo... This was really his opportune chance to relive 2014 again. When Dez caught the ball. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I know. I know. Shush. Even if, okay, even if he caught the ball, there was still like two and a half minutes left on the clock. Just, you know, you you, you, a, you you quiet, they lost, it's over. You don't want to give Rodgers some time on the clock. On the mid this year, you might want to give him the ball as much as you can. Hey, this year, it's a different story, but that year, it was Rodgers-esque. Right. You know what it is what it is, you know, with the Romo situation, I said it's this week could really determine the future for this season. If All Jack right, looks man. human say he throws two picks, he fumbles, he doesn't look like what he did, you put Romo in when he's healthy. I don't know who they have next week, but James Harrison yeah. eats stacks for breakfast this week. And then does no. push ups and sit ups with him like uh, under him and Cause that's, he's that's just, that's just uncalled for. He's just a beast. I'm sorry, James Harrison's. Oh, guy. yeah, he he actually is a scary man. I'm even scared of him. <laughs> and he's like 40. Yeah, and he's 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 a pure monster. He's another guy you gotta there, look at that for all There was there was a guy. There was a game. They played a Sunday night game a couple weeks ago. Where like an hour after the game, he was on Instagram posting videos of him doing leg press, and he had like four 45 pounders on each bar on the leg press. <laughs> It's like, all right, we get it. You're a man beast. We get it. You're strong. Like, did you did you see their mannequin challenge video? He held like a pull up for like a minute. <laughs> I hate those mannequin challenge videos so much. I can't. Some of them are funny. I like the one at the Cowboys where all the owners were doing it and the coaches, and none of them could stay still because they're so old. Yeah, they're all just shaking and stuff. The Cowboys one was funny when they put try to put Cole Beasley in the luggage compartment. Alrighty, Ben. Um, with that being said, go Steelers this week. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, ben, anything else? No, thanks for coming on, Ben. Uh, yeah, uh, no problem, guys. I appreciate it. Danny, glad to have you back, man. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Have a good one, bud. Thanks, Ben. Uh, you t- see you later, Ben. Be good. Welcome back to episode 159 of the SND Podcast Show. This week's show, the support of the troops. So, Veterans Day, by the time you're listening to this. Um, another patriotic song in between there. And uh, so let's jump right into 
our football talk. And you know what, Danny? Before we get right onto the Giants, let's go right to Vin this week. Let's let's go after this Packers story, huh? Yeah. How about this coming out? Rodgers talking about how the team's not playing with enough intensity. You're saying McCarthy's on the hot seat. What, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on your team there? You, I know you told me the Bears are going to finish above you. There's chinks in the armor. And I haven't been able to say that in a long, long time. Probably since before Aaron was the quarterback. But it's things are just not... The most exciting part of the game on Sunday was when the squirrel ran on the field. And that's sad. I honestly think, watching this team as much as I do, that it's time for a coaching change. Or a offense change. You know, you want to keep the coach and change the offensive coordinator and put in a new offense. I guess that's fine. But I don't see how you can really do that. You know, it's kind of what the Giants did last year. I think I think it's time for a coaching change because this just doesn't work. This offense just isn't working in 10 years. It, 10 years exactly. Yeah, it's predictable. Uh, every play, this I said, I said, I told this to you last year. The offense doesn't do anything unless Rodgers improvises. The uh, when he's going no huddle and he's calling the plays the line and he just stands there because he has the offensive line giving him time. That's when they make plays. When guys are making secondary moves in the, in the you know on their routes. It's not when they run the simple plays. So it also doesn't help. There's no running game. There is right. It doesn't help us no running game, and I, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to give them, I guess, the you know the benefit of the doubt on that. It's tough, even when you're playing, a, you know, a defense like the Colts that I thought they should have lit up. For a team that you have for ten years, like we just said, ten years. All right, you take out the first year, so nine years. Right. Now you take out the first year of a new coach a lot of times because you know right. he's trying to build his team. But Rodgers started what 2010. Rogers started 2008. 2008 was his first year. That's right. Right yes. after the Giants beat Favre. That's right. 2008. Um, one Super Bowl in that time. You know, the team was built to win the Super Bowl. How many years were you guys 13 and one, 12 and two at at some point in the season? In your in your in your head, it's got to be Super Bowl or bust the rest of the season. It- in most years, it's at least an NFC Championship game or bust. They there should be a title contender every season, and what's ended up happening, every, happening every single season, they have had. I was, I, I think it's nine losses in the McCarthy era in the playoffs. All of them except for two, seven of them have come on the last play of the game. So the other two the- with a giant game, you guys beat us, and the Kaepernick game. The rest of them, it's overtime losses, last second field goals, uh, even a fumble return for a touchdown against the Cardinals. The first time they made the playoffs with Rodgers, his in game and his because it was so close and it came down to basically a flip of the coin. His in game management was never really questioned in Packerland until that Seahawks debacle. Then he changed, you know, he gave the play calling last year, and then he took it back. And they went 11-5 and five some, somehow last year. I don't know how. You know, they really should have probably went 9-7, and seven, but they pulled two games out of their ass. I keep cursing. That's fine. I really think that it's time for a coaching change. You're not going to change a quarterback, obviously. 
Uh, Man, Vin, Vin really loves coaching changes. <laughs> um, anyway, no. I know what. I, I, I said it like four times, but it just. No, I'm talking about it in every sport. Oh, yeah. I Listen, if I could fire any one of my coaches, it would be Terry Collins first, but. Terry Collins for president. I we already went through this. We already we'll make different changes every day to the Senate or the Congress. Right. Every, the, the Senate and the Congress would be tired, but everybody would be happy. Okay, they all be overworked and in the wrong right. positions, but they'd ben, be happy. I have a serious question, though. Sure. Since you, you – obviously, I, I, I don't think you really, really feel this way. I think if the backers were the opposite way, you'd love McCarthy. Um, who's a better option than McCarthy if, God forbid, at the end of the season they don't – End up where the Packers are supposed but to. But Rogers in charge, and, and that's player coach. Then I, I've fought that. And like, see, you can't. You, you you better appreciate what you have than I, other scenarios. I've tried to fight this battle against sports forever. When great coaches we know are great, clearly great. Andy Reid, you know, Andy Reid's the the best comparison. But you know, like. Terry, Terry Francona was obviously has been fired. Joe Madden's been fired. Great managers and coaches get fired. When really, I don't think that's it's necessary. I th- but I think it's just time for a voice change because <laughs> fair. But it's just, I don't know. Sometimes you're better off to keep the the coach than I, having I, another coach. You know, I don't know. Especially <laughs> someone the caliber of McCarthy. I know it's a rough season this year. A couple injuries haven't gone their way, but I, I think they're they're fine. They're and the only time they, they made it to the Super Bowl was the year they went as a wild card. So maybe them not winning the division might help them out. You know, would you if you, let's say let's say this year they end up out of the playoffs, no playoffs this year. Would you give him the benefit of the doubt with injuries and say you got one year to write the ship, go make it happen or you're out? Give would you be if you if the team comes out three days after the season says. The whole coaching staff's coming back, or McCarthy's coming back. He's going to make some changes to the coaching staff. Would you be? Would you accept one more season? If it, if it, would you give him? You know, like Coughlin got that one year to fix the ship, and it was out. Right. Well, Coughlin also had three years to fix the ship, and he was out. So I, it, it's it's a tough question because I I do like him as a coach, and I do want him to be the head coach, but I think <laughs> it's time for a change. If I'd be fine if they give him. One year if they don't make the playoffs this year. There's still eight games left. They still have to play the, the whole division another time. They could still go 10-6 and six and make the playoffs. But if it continues to go downhill like it has, I, I would give them one more season because they literally have nobody playing corner right now. Like, any one of right, us. Right, every week the two corners are out. They're running. The right. There are six no running, running backs, backs. Are on the, the same, on the injured list. But when they do run the ball, you look at Ty Montgomery was the leading rusher last week. He had 14 carries for like 55 yards. He's running at five, four yards a clip. But they just don't commit to it enough. And that's always been the issue. And personnel has, has always been one of my biggest issues with him. Because you'll see drives. I mean, you guys watch when they played the Giants. They'll run Lacey for a drive, and he'll just be – he would go nuts. And then for two drives, you wouldn't see him. Oh, He's not like tired for two drives. So I, I just – they get in these packages where they're trying to go no huddle, and guys get off the field for for an hour, and you and now you're expecting them to come back in and rush on a fourth and one. It's just not – 
Oh, you're talking about running backs only playing one drive a quarter, huh? Rashad Jennings plays less than that. Yeah, but you have Paul Parkins now. What the hell his name is? Who, Dan, let's transition. Let's, let's transition, to transition the Paul, a little the bit. Paul Perkins and your boys. You know, <laughs> I've been impressed with Perkins. Uh, Steve, I don't know. I think it's... The... Do I think he's the long-term answer? No. Do I think that he deserves the bulk of the carries right now at this point in the season? Yes. I think he's the most explosive running back on the roster. I agree, I, I agree with you on that, but until our offensive line is better run blocking and we're under center more and not doing the inside handoff on shotgun that's very predictable. It, it, it doesn't matter who our running back is. It really it really is up. But we have up. a running game to keep everybody honest. That's really what it is. It's a gain, gain three yards, whatever. Gain two yards, gain a yard. Just keep everybody honest, you know. We, yeah, we need oh, those so. guys just to give us that, you know, third and, third and five inches, you need the guy to be able to push the pile. You know, second and five inches, you need just that one guy to push the pile enough. Yeah. And that's really what we're looking for at this point. You know? Oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, Jennings is done, in my opinion. You know, the biggest loss this year has been, running back-wise, has been Vereen. Because, you know, he was the, he was that third down out of the backfield guy. Perkins is slowly becoming him. And, you know, you may not see Vereen or Jennings on team next year. Well, Jennings is definitely not going to be on the team next year. I think it's his uh, walk year anyway. No, I think next year's the walk year, but it's a small enough deal next year to get rid of him. Yeah, I think so too. I I think it's, I think I don't know. It's it's, and I liked how they try to bring in Newhouse as the eligible tackle, which was very good on certain plays. It's just the Giants are way too predictable right now. Okay, so what do we do? What is the offense line going to look like this week now with Pew out? Do you move Hart back to the guard position where he's naturally better at? Oh, and see, you put this... Newhouse and you trust Newhouse back on the outside? Not, I think I think Jones played a decent enough game on Sunday to have him start at guard. Had Hart play at tackle, and you have New um, Newhouse play where he's been playing this week and see it, see how it goes for another week because the Pew's going to be missing a bunch of weeks anyway. So it it's going to be interesting to see. How it goes. Like, see, this is the thing. You, you got to have the continuity and you got to have players gel together. So I think um, maybe Jerry and Howard are starting to gel together, hopefully. Doesn't look like it all the time, but hopefully that starts to click. Right. And then, you you kind of saw it with Pew and, and Flowers, too, this year, early in the year. They, they clicked after working together all of last season. You saw, I, you saw I, that side of the line start to get more... Yeah, and and Jones is a smart enough player. He was one of the best players in the CFL two seasons ago. Granted, it's nowhere near the NFL, but I, I, I'll give it a shot. I, I'll give it a shot. Hopefully, hopefully we figure something out with the running game. Um, obviously, with Cruz out, granted, um, Lewis is looking solid. Uh, Sterling Shepard looks good as well. Um, Beckham, obviously, other than the two touchdowns, was pedestrian, but it was a good game out of him. It was really, it was really on Sunday. It was really thank you to Coach Peterson for not going for it. Oh, going for it on two fourth downs when it was not easy field goals, but makeable field goals for their kicker. Um, I, I was really shocked about that as well. I'm sure everybody was as well. But it was very weird that they didn't go for those two field goals instead of going for it. Um, Got to give the Giants defense a lot of credit for bending and not breaking once again in the fourth quarter. 
um, showing up when they needed to be because this was a game they blew over the last couple of years, especially the last season. So, you know, you know, you mentioned that the bend and not break, and we um, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with our friend Anthony, who we're going to try and get back on soon uh, for kind of a mid midway point point of view from him. Um, you know, and last year was a bend and break. That was what the defense yes. was. This year, you could tell. There's a confidence in this defense. There's there's a new feel to this defense. No matter who's on, whatever eleven guys are on the field, there's more of a confidence. And you know what? The sack numbers aren't there. One thing I want to want to talk about is the sack numbers aren't there, but the quarterback pressure. You know, you're making that pocket smaller. Well, yeah, that's like what I said last week. Um, yeah, stats are. I mean, sacks are good stats, but at the end of the day, they don't tell the whole story. Um, as you can see, uh, Vernon leads the league in pressures. Um, obviously, he's not the sack totals are not where everybody wants it to be. But honestly, as long as he's getting pressures and he's stopping the run, he's doing his job. It, uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but I think he's done a great enough job. Is he getting paid what he deserves? Probably not. Obviously, no one does. But I think Vernon has done a solid job. JVP has done a solid job as well. Obviously, Snacks and Hank being up in the middle with the stop and the run has just been really good. Um, like I've been telling people at work, our linebackers have been status quo, but they've, they've been doing the job. They've been playing the best linebacking unit for the Giants for a very long time. So they, they're they doing their thing. And obviously, Landon Collins is playing a huge role in it, being uh, a little bit more mature, obviously playing all 16 games his rookie year had him learn a lot. So it's really great to see that uh, Combs is stepping up, and he's the first safety to win back-to-back uh, defensive player of the weeks playing-wise. Obviously, the Giants had the five-week sandwich between the two weeks since Troy Palomala. That's high praise right right there, if you ask me. But um, So it, the defense right, if you has think been... of our generation and safeties, if you're going to line somebody up, it's, you know, Ed Reed, Troy Palomala. Those are the two yeah, those are the first two names to think of. Yeah, those are automatically the first two that come well, to mind. But honestly, it's with the Giants defense. You spend $200 million in the offseason. Uh, you, you better be able to hold those games. Yeah, and, and certain players maturing into better players slash adults. Um, that's, that's all huge help right there. Right, um, that was the biggest issue last year. What, they won 6-10, and 10, but they blew four games at the end of the, on a last drive. It, that's ten and six right there. Yeah, no, yeah, easily they. It was more like five or six games. Yeah, it was like, more than that. It was more than that. We were easily. But even we're easily a four of uh. If we won three, lost three, team if, last year, if we if, win those games, if, it was I believe, six. If we, you win four of them. You no, know, yeah, it was si- it, it was it was six last week, and I said if even if we won three of those six games last year, we would probably wouldn't have made the playoffs. Nine wins, especially with the division we were in. Now the yeah. other thing you mentioned, Cruz is out. How do you um? How do they change up the receivers? Who goes? In, you, you put Roger she- Lewis Jr. Shepard goes in the slot, and Roger, Roger Lewis uh, Jr. goes outside. Yeah, it's interchangeable with Lewis and uh, Harris and Shepard, but for the most part, I for the Shepard's- most part, when 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 Harris is on the field, it's it's a run play. It's most likely some sort of run play. Yeah, which makes sense because you know. But the, the, see, this is the other thing. It's it's obvious. See, that's another thing. 
Right, the right, Giants right. personnel is so obvious, so you got to mix and match it. And everything you know, like la- last week was a let's try and figure this out. We'll throw Harris out there to block. We'll throw Rodgers out there to play play wide out. This week will be more of a, all right, Lewis, you go out there and block this play. You know, this week, you know, we have more time to prep for this. And, you know, Cruz keeps saying he's playing on Monday. Okay. So, I, you know, I haven't, he, I haven't read the press conference. He hasn't practiced the first two days of practice this week. You know, you get him on the field tomorrow, let him run a little, test the ankle. You never know what's going to happen. Just being out there could be, a, you know. No, what was the game? What was the game last year that we won? That Beckham got hurt and wasn't. We had to have that big drive at the end. The, the San Francisco game. Yeah, the Niner game. Where where Beckham wasn't on the field, and he pops up out of nowhere. He's on the field just to have him out there. Oh yeah, he got three. He got three per uh, pass interference calls for him for us. Pat Chive alone. Right. And then we had that great pass to Larry Donnell. We won the game. So, you know, just that, you know, you throw Cruz out there, you know, it's just an extra guy with hands, you know. They don't defend him. All right. So we'll throw those five-yard hook hook and ladder plays, you know. We'll throw those short little slants to him, you know. We'll throw those quick outs to him to get him out of bounds quickly so he's not doing a lot. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with those guys, it's to get them on the field. But, you know, Roger Lewis Jr. has played well. Yeah, give him a lot of credit. Dan, being able to watch on television, I think you've seen a little bit more. But from Rodgers Jr., he's played well enough. No, he's been really respectable. Um, I, I got we got to see more out of him. I'll be honest. With you. Right. Well, so, you know what we got couple, out of him was you know just a fill-in role. Now, now yeah. we're, if he plays this week, you're getting the actual. Yeah. No, we got to see what he is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too quick to judge on him yet. He he is a undrafted rookie, and we've had good success, obviously, with Cruz, <laughs> with undrafted rookies. But um, I don't know. We've we've seen Eli have worse talent around him, and making them look good. <laughs> Ruben Randall, um, <laughs> just to name a few. Um, but but you, you get what I'm saying. Like it's it's gonna be interesting. Like uh, the only times I've seen him make plays is when he's wide open because people are shocked that he's wide open. Um, kind of thing. I, I I know he had a couple big drops, but that's he's human. So I, I want to see him show that up this week. And the Bengals are one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams, just like every other team in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see which Bengals team shows up on Monday night. Hopefully it's the crappy one, because the Bengals' offense is really, really good and ridiculously good. So the Giants' defense is going to be really held to a higher standard on Monday night, especially with A.J. Green having such a monster year he's having. Um, with the two-headed monster with um, two-headed monster with uh, Hill and uh, Gio Bernard. And Gio Bernard and Eifert could kill the Giants on Monday night because the linebacking core has been better this year, but they're still nowhere near the top linebacking corps that Tyler Eifert and Gio Bernard can have have a field day with. And it was funny, on one of the drives, the Eagles' backup tight end had 60, yard, 60 yards on, like, two catches on down one drive alone. So that says, that says a lot. So And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the Bengals. And, you know, that, that third wideout is going to be huge because, you know, you respect Pac-Man Jones still. You respect um, Kirkpatrick, the other corner. But behind that, they're, they're thin. There's yeah, nobody no. really out there anymore. So hopefully Shepard has a big game. We need Shepard. Or Lewis. Or Lewis. Or Lewis or even Cruz if he plays. Yeah. 
What you do have to watch out is that their linebackers don't headhunt you. Well, yeah. Well, Beckham, Beckham's going to be one who dies. Oh, I can't wait for Vontez Perfect and Beckham to get into a fight. I can't wait. You, oh, you it's th- so much fun. You think uh, Jesse Armstead is going to go on the field like um, Joey Porter did last year? No, because yes. Jesse Armstead is a classy player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joey Porter would do that, too, back in the day, too. So. He wasn't a saint when he was stealing. So, all right. So, who did the Jets play this week? The Rams. Jets. Jets playing the Rams. Rams. Oh, that should be a heck of a Yeah, game. MetLife Stadium. So it will be a doozy for all those Jet fans that were going to be at the game. It's supposed to be nice Sunday, though. So it's okay. It'll be a nice day for them. Oof. Doozy. This, this is the game when Case Keenum will get us to stop the conversation about if he should play or not. No. No, this is a game of thank God for alcohol in the parking lot. <laughs> I hope the second half of this game ends up to be Jared Goff against Bryce Petty. I really hope so. That'd be nice. I'd, 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 I'd sign up for that. And how bad does Bryce, does Jared Goff have to be in camp, in practice, that they're not that they're saying they need to be either out of a playoff race or or Keenum has to be worse than he has been to have this guy play? He can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it says a lot. I, the, the minute the ball went up in the air to end the London game, Goff should have been named the starter. Like, while the ball was still in the air. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that fourth quarter alone should have put Goff in the air. I think Jeff Fisher wants to be 8-8. Eight eight. I, I no, he said on Hard Knocks, I'm not here to be 8-8 eight and 7-9. Eight no, and he seven said he's done with the 7-9 and nine bullshit. He didn't say 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> Ugh, Finn, he's your boy, so... I, I you know what? I think he's losing it in his old age. I think he's... I think he's losing it in his old age. He needs to, to be fired. Oh, my I God. I still think he's a good coach. I still, I still... He could coach my team any day, but this is just getting ridiculous. I'm sorry, but if the way, with the way they've been playing, 3-1 and one start, fine. I get it, but now, I don't, they haven't won a game since, if I know, remember correctly. And... Keenum hasn't looked good. You made all, you traded all these draft picks away to move up to one to draft this kid, put him out there. I don't care how bad he looks in practice playing. I don't care. Look at the Browns. They're playing. Uh, when did they draft Cody Kessler in the fifth round? I don't know. They're playing him every week. They said because they want to see how he is at this point. They don't even care. I mean, granted, they're completely out of it. Something's going on. Something's wrong with Goff, and it's you know what? They better start hoping it's not another Ryan Leaf issue. Oh, God. Minus the cursing at the media. That would be fun. But, yeah, they're in trouble with this because, you know, again, a lot of draft picks were traded to get this kid. You gave up your future for this kid. <laughs> it better work. Right. You. So why why is he not out there taking hits, learning how to play the game? Dan, how many hits did we watch Eli take in 2004? Oh, too many. And he didn't, thank God he didn't start the whole season. Remember, the, he came in for Kurt Warner in week one against the Eagles. Well, yeah, that was cleanup duty, and he got welcome to the NFL moment right away. Yep, and then and then we he had to go to Baltimore that year. Yeah, he had a negative passing rating that night. <laughs> That's so good. You know, and we watched him, but you know what? He took those hits. He learned how to take the hit. That was how you learned to play this game, by playing, not sitting on the bench watching a guy. Especially a guy throw 11 interceptions a week. <laughs> well, he learned from a good teacher. Right, granted, Goff doesn't have the teacher. Like, right. Eli Goff, he had a better, much better teacher. But, 
Goff does play for the Rams, I'm sure they got the hookup. Get Kurt Warner in there. Right, it's not like Kurt Warner can doesn't probably never there. He's probably there twice a week. They're in LA. He it's not. If he wants he to. works for the NFL Network. Yeah. What else does he do? <laughs> probably lives right over there too. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, that's a team that's in trouble. They may end up moving back to St. Louis at this rate. They might be moving out of the league. <laughs> Let's start a Vegas team. Fantasy draft. Might as well. So, all right. So, Ladd now has two goals in two games, transitioning a little bit. Woo! So, that's beginning. Rangers are still hot. Yeah, well, they lost to the Canucks the other night. So They did lose to the Canucks. So, they're going to have a shitty November. I mean, those <laughs> so... So they're they're starting to come back down to earth. They weren't going to score four goals, four goals every game. No, so they were due. It was one of those games that you knew the Rangers were going to play down to because the Canucks was playing so shitty. They were due. <laughs> so, but you also know that they already sent the Calder Trophy to to Vassie. Um, oh yeah, already definitely. got the MVP award. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. So. Might as well just call the season now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I don't know. The Rangers are playing their, like, Ranger hockey, other than them scoring all these goals. So, uh, status quo for the Rangers right now. They did lose to the Canucks, which is never good, especially losing eight games in a row like the Canucks did prior to the game. So, uh, Alrighty, so really there's nothing else left. No, you gotta thank the troops. Well, go for it. Uh, I would like to thank everybody who has served, obviously, for Veterans Day. All those who are serving right now for our great country, thank you for uh, putting your lives on line every single day. Uh, uh, my grandpa was uh, in the Marine Corps. I'm not sure where Steve and Ben's uh, grandparents or, or even parents. I know. Steve's parent, uh, grandpa, I'm sure he was in one of the military branches. Both of them. Both grandpas were. Yeah. Which, uh, which branch? That I can't tell you. Okay. I know I know my, my dad's dad was a cook, was a chef. Okay. Which, of course, you know, you make fun of the Seinfeld episode with with uh, George Costanza's dad. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, thank yeah, you to all of them. My grandfather was in the Army, I believe. Okay. During, uh, wasn't it either the big, I think it was like the Korean War. Yeah, my grandpa. Yeah, Most my, of our grandpas would have been in yeah, the Korean War. Yeah, my, my grandpa was in the Korean War too. And my grandma's um, late boyfriend was in Korean War as well in the Navy. So, yeah. And my grandpa, my other grandpa was an Italian immigrant. So, he was not a veteran for the United States military. Yeah, my my dad's parents met while my um, grandfather was overseas. Oh, okay. Very nice. So. And also, happy birthday to the Marines. Yes, big happy July birthday. The 10th, yes. 240 year, 41 years, I believe it is. So I was reading yeah. today. I read a bunch of different yeah. ones. So whatever yes. it is, happy birthday to Marines. Again, thank you to everybody overseas serving, you know, Oh, that was the one thing before I forget, Steve. That's a nice thing that they've done this year. I don't know if they did it last year, but I've noticed this year with the dogs. The Giants have done it the past couple of years. I've done the dogs. But also, the the first time I ever saw, um, you know, one of my fondest memories I always talk about is the 9-11 game and the Piazza game. But, you know, one of the... One of my best 
Slash greatest memories is always going to be the giant Viking game where they were like a combined one in 11. Yeah. A couple years ago during one of the commercial breaks, they had the guy giving the, the I miss you guys talk on the on the screen. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he runs out of the tunnel and he's on the field for them. And, you know, they did that twice that year. Oh, yeah. I was at the Packer game. Been right, right, that game, Packer too. game, yes. That made me cry. The little girl with the, the mom. Yeah, that... that... If you didn't have tears in your eyes for that year, right. not that was it. great. But yeah, between between the 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 dogs, the the houses that they give now, also yeah. they give vets houses. Um, you know, they give they give the they bring back families. You know, you always saw the ESPN thing of families getting returned, but then you get to see it live at, Gi- at the Giant Games is a totally different thing. Then you mentioned the dog thing with uh, the garden. Yeah, the, the garden and, and the Giant game last weekend. The Giant game last weekend in the Garden. I'm sure the Giants will do something Monday. I'm sure there'll be something the whole month for the Giants because there are three home games this month for the Giants. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's always a great thing to see, and it always brings a tear to your eye to see that. And you know, they did. They definitely deserve it. So. Right. Hundred percent. So, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media. Rate, review, comment on those. Rate, review, comment on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, all the podcast apps. SND Podcast Channel, search for it. Um, Weissman and I's show, a uh, little plug for myself. On the 14th at uh, 12 o'clock, the Weissman and I's show is live. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Um, not Facebook and Instagram, Facebook and Twitter for the links. To listen to their show live. Also, I will share it with our page, of course, the SMD Podcast channel, and my personal pages. Um, I will actually be a guest on their show this week on Monday. Uh, they have a show every Monday and Friday from 12 to 1. Uh, Friday is usually their football picks, and then Monday is usually just a recap of the week plus preview of the Monday night game. So I will be joining them on Monday since the Giants will be playing Monday night this week. Uh, and I will be at the game Monday night. So if anybody's there and knows we're there, J8 is where we park. I'm on a tailgate. We'll be there early. Come say hi. Come say hi. Um, always a good time to meet some fans. Uh, also, the drummer of Division 1.1, our band we use all the time. Uh, I know they got a lot of things lined up for the new year. They're all going to kind of take some time off, be with their families for the holidays. So if the new year, Division 1.1, we'll be working on the road back from uh, finding a new singer and moving on from then. So, with that being said, Dan, any fun words? No. Uh, thanks for listening this week. Uh, once again, thank you to the veterans out there, and happy Veterans Day. Ben? Packers, please get me out of my misery. What do you play this week? Anybody good? Like, uh, It doesn't matter. Uh, the Titans in, in Tennessee. Oh, so the, I, the ghost of Steve McNair should be able to I, show you nicely? I've um, seen running quarterbacks kill us before, but anyway, yes, thank you to the veterans. It could be worse. You could have a guy wrap the running quarterback up and just leave him there. But anywho, uh, thank you to all the men and women serving our country and and who have served the country and who are serving the country right now or home on leave, you know. Uh, thank you for everything. Happy Veterans Day. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank God for my life and for the stars and stripes May freedom forever fly let it ring, salute the ones who die, the ones that give their lives, so we don't have to sacrifice all the things we love.
Like our chicken. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty!